I so admire and love Healing Strong and their emphasis on healthy living and prevention. If you're listening to this and you're like, ah, Healing Strong doesn't have anything to do with me. It's a preventative lifestyle and it's a beautiful community of support. And so even as a person who doesn't have cancer and my, my direct health story, um, I love how Healing Strong creates communities of health because I really think it's, it's more than just um, treatment. It's, it's an, an environment a whole family can thrive in and be educated and well-resourced towards a preventative lifestyle and even more than preventative towards a healthy lifestyle. You're listening to the I Am Healing Strong podcast. My name is Jim Mann, your host, and today we're talking with somebody who is very involved with Healing Strong, a big fan of Healing Strong, in fact. Back in 2016, she worked with Susie and the board to formalize Healing Strong's growth, and so we have a lot to thank her for. And the good thing is, she doesn't have a cancer story, so that's exciting. I like that. We don't hold that against anybody. But we are here for people who do have a cancer stories and need hope and encouragement and a little bit of knowledge here and there. Like myself, I need that all the time. So right now we're going to talk to Holly Knowles, who is a neighbor of mine. Well, I mean, she's in the same state of South Carolina, just man, four hours apart, but still practically neighbors. Here's her story. Holly, how you doing? Hey, Jim. Good to be here today. I'm doing great. Good to hook up with you this afternoon. Yeah, we live in the same state, just about as far away as you can within the state. You're in beautiful Charleston? Yes, down here in the low country, Charleston, South Carolina. It's gorgeous outside today. Breezy uh, as it always is here in the low country. Very nice. Yes, I love that part of the country as well as the part I'm in. I'm in the uh, total opposite end up in the Greenville, South Carolina area. But those are actually the two best parts of the state, if you ask me. <laughs> Sorry, Columbia. We love you, too. Uh, it's a great state. Come visit, y'all. It's full of beautiful places. Yes, yes. And, and, of course, Charleston and Greenville are always on the top of a list of places to live or visit or whatever list it's on. They're both um, great places for an outdoor lifestyle. Lots of hiking you guys have, right? And rivers and yes. just beautiful outdoors. And then we, of course, have the beach and, and all the water sports. And it's just it's been a good quality of life. I've been in Charleston. Golly, it's been almost 10 years now. Um, so my 12-year-old has grown up here, and my older two finished high school here and then moved on to where they are now, one in New York and one in the Atlanta area. But it's been a good place to raise a family here in Charleston. Well, where'd you live before that? Atlanta, which is how I know Susie. I'm from, I'm born and bred, uh, well, not born, but made it to Atlanta as quickly as possible, fifth generation. And so we were living in downtown, uh, West Midtown, most recently when we moved to Charleston. So that was, gosh, I think it was 2011. But I, I met Susie back in like 2004, I believe. So wow. uh, old friends with Susie, which is nice. And Jeff. Yeah. How'd that happen? How'd your paths cross? <clears throat> it was so fantastic. Um, our first meeting occurred when we, Susie and I both, I believe she was a guest of someone and I was as well. We were at the same prayer meeting one evening and, and I, if I remember correctly, it was the first time she had been to that particular group. Oddly enough, it met in a funeral parlor. I'm not Ooh. sure why. I, I did not go <laughs> back to that particular prayer meeting. I'm not sure she did. The best thing that came out of it, that for me that evening was, of course, meeting Susie. And then a number of weeks later, I ran into her at Walmart, of all things. And she had on a Vacation Bible School shirt. I knew I recognized her face. I knew she was familiar, um, but I couldn't couldn't totally placed her, but I spoke to her anyway. And our, my family was going through some financial difficulty at that time. And we were very, very, um, 
we were having a lot of housing insecurity. So we were moving around a great deal. And uh, Susie said, where are you going tonight? And I told her and she said, that doesn't, that doesn't sound so great. Why don't you call me in like, you know, 20, 30 minutes and, and just, just give me a ring in just a little bit. I said, okay. She ran home and said, Hey Jeff, this, this couple, this family, we had two kids at that time. I have three now. She said, uh, I met this woman one time. I ran into her at Walmart. I really would like for them to come and stay tonight. And Jeff said, whoa, wait a second. You know, we, we need to sit and pray about this for a minute. Uh, what's the story here? You know, um, caught a little caution there. But ultimately, they said, why don't you come on over tonight? And they took us in like family from second one. And we ended up staying. We were, we were, we were planning to spend one night in their guest room and we stayed for about two weeks. And it was a <laughs> tremendous time to get to know their family deeply and for them um, to really extend the acceptance and the care. It was like, it was like, it was like respite care for our family with what we were going through at that moment, just mm-hmm. the welcome and the hospitality and the love that they extended to us. We were complete strangers to them. And um, Drew and Ryan, I mean, they just they just all uh, just enveloped us and embraced us. And, and the depth of that friendship because of the way it started um, has really just continued all these years because it was so intense right there in the beginning. We were at such a vulnerable moment and they were so loving. And so um, they just encompassed us and just, just helped care for us. It was tremendous. Wow. And what year did you say that was? I think that was around 2004. That, I think yeah. that's about right. Okay. But they were yeah, living that, in coming, coming Georgia then. That was before Healing Strong even started then. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Susie and Jeff, they just, they're almost too nice. You're like, okay, this can't be real. It can't be this nice. Something is up, but they are. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm here to tell you, even at, even late at night at a Walmart, um, <laughs> Susie is Susie. She's just that effervescent, um, enthusiastic, optimistic, loving gal. She trusts the Lord. And so she's got that place of strength to extend that from. And it's, it's amazing. It was amazing a moment in our life as a family to receive that kind of genuine hands and feet of Christ love when we really needed it. Fortunately, you do not have a cancer story, which we were excited about. Yes, that's true. I do not have a cancer story. I I so admire and love Healing Strong and their emphasis on healthy living and prevention, because Mm. I feel like regardless of of one's experience with cancer, well, number one, we're all impacted by cancer in some way. Um, Certainly lost uh, several friends and a grandfather. So we, we all do have that that impact of grief. But um, I love that, it, you know, if you're listening to this and you're like, ah, Healing Strong doesn't have anything to do with me. It's a preventative lifestyle and it's a beautiful community of support. And so even as a person who doesn't have cancer in my, my direct health story, um, I love how Healing Strong creates communities of health because I really think it's, it's more than just um, treatment. It's, it's an, an environment a whole family can thrive in and be educated and well-resourced towards a preventative lifestyle and even more than preventative towards a healthy lifestyle. Right. Yeah. I've, I've talked to several people. In fact, when I started doing this podcast, I thought, well, I'm just going to talk to people that were faced with cancer and have overcome it or in the process of overcoming it. And I've come across a lot of people that they just had family members or friends who had cancer and they themselves are wanting to help others, but they want to, you know, first and foremost, make sure they don't get it. You know, so they can prevent this stuff so they can help others. But, you know, most of us wait until something is wrong 
to fix things. But I know so many people, even in my uh, group, I have a Healing Strong group in Greenville, South Carolina, and there's several in there are just there to find out how not to have cancer. So it's a, and which is a very godly thing because we're like walking miracles. And the more you find out about the body, the more you realize that we're, we're miracles on, on legs. Because, you know, when you look into the immune system that is in each one of us, how it takes care of us, as long as we treat it right, as long as we give it the right food. And of course, here in America, we're really not that good at that. Lots of people don't exercise or at least get enough exercise. So we we mistreat these uh, bodies that we have uh, because we're not doing it the way God had planned it. So, I mean, it's a very godly thing to do is uh, to live a life that does prevent these kind of things. Yes, for people to have the support in a Healing Strong group, you've got people that are not actively under diagnosis, as well as people that are active with their diagnosis. It's such a, a representative of how the body of Christ is supposed to be, where we're in different places, but we uphold one another with the strength of the perspective that we're currently experiencing. I love, I love the model. I love, I love the community group and the community support aspect of it. It's tremendous. Yes. I mean, I didn't know squat about preventative maintenance or doing the right thing because, you know, I was, I was healthy as far as nothing you know, physically wrong with me. I had extremely high metabolism, which, you, you know, kind of took care of a lot of things, I guess. And I have, you know, my family, my parents are very healthy. Uh, they lived to be in their 90s and neither one really had anything ever wrong with them. But, uh, but when it hit, I had to think real fast. And of course I was in radio, so I got all kinds of information from listeners, you know, including the Chris Wark's book and uh, all kinds of things that now I'm glad they sent it to me, but I was overwhelmed with all the information. Mm -hmm. And of course all that changed my life. Uh, And now I have a whole lot more knowledge, but then I realize the more I look into it, the more I realize I don't know, you know, there's so much out there uh, that you can do to prevent these kind of things. So. We're learning stuff, you know, all the time. I'm a movement and massage therapist, and the impact that movement has on the immune system and the lymph, particularly with the lymph system, how mm. preventative just walking uh, can be in the way that it stimulates the lymph system and keeps our immune system functioning well. I mean, I, I, we're learning things every day about how the daily life choices are really what has a long-term impact on our health and our wellness. And it's, uh, I love that Healing Strong is at the forefront of making these things known for people, making it accessible. Because just like you said, when you first get a diagnosis, I imagine that it must be incredibly overwhelming to sift through the information and the direction of, of what to do first. Did you yeah. have that experience with yours? Oh, yeah. I, you know, right away you think, oh, you got to do what the doctors say. Unfortunately, I had doctors who didn't want to put me on chemo because this immunotherapy was new and it worked best on my type of cancer. And so they say, well, you know, first of all, they thought I was going to spread, you know, I was like two and a half times bigger than the chart. So they assumed they already told me what my second operation was going to be. And possibly my third operation as they chase it all over the place. They were totally shocked, happy that it didn't spread, which, you know, that right there was a miracle because it was huge. But then 18 months later, I got these tumors all over my body, like eight different tumors. And they said, we're going to do this immunotherapy because you're otherwise healthy. So you're a good candidate for it. And mm-hmm. within two months, you know, the tumors were gone. Oh, so, that is tremendous. That is so amazing. 
I did like that. Yes. Because <laughs> I've heard of other people where, I, in fact, I had a friend who went the same thing and his tumors doubled in size. So he obviously was not a good candidate. He's still with us, though. Two months, they were gone, and that's been several years now. Mm. But uh, I might have gone with the chemo or just a traditional thing because I didn't know any better. Right. But I didn't have to face that. And then that's when I started learning things about, wow, it does matter what you eat. And the movement stuff, like like you were doing, which most of us were thinking, you know, well, you know, that kind of stuff is just for hippies and things like that. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Uh, and then, but then once you start learning, you realize, wow, they're on to something. And so, yeah, it's, it makes so much more sense than what the doctors say these days. Thanks for being there. Oh yeah. It's a lot of fun for me. I love, I love my job and I love getting to serve. Um, I, I often I'll get called in when people are in vulnerable moments, whether they've just received a diagnosis or sometimes like recently I got to a, go to a client and celebrate with her. She was five years, um, cancer free. And so that was a huge milestone. But as a massage therapist, particularly with that part of what I do, getting to come alongside people in um, pivotal moments, whether that is a moment of diagnosis, sometimes I'll get called when people are going through grief. Um, Grief is such a bodily experience for us. And so having support and having uh, comfort care during those kinds of moments, uh, obviously, there are a lot of good massage therapists in the world that do uh, therapies that help with cancer recovery, uh, lymph drainage, things like that. But it's it's a real privilege to come near someone when they're having a vulnerable time and they're needing extra support and extra extra love. Um, and so to get to do that professionally uh, is is really tremendous. And how long have you been doing that? I started, I'm a gyrotonic and gyrokinesis instructor, which <clears throat> a lot of people have not heard of that, but it's a very specific movement system that's customizable therapeutically. So sometimes I'll work with athletes or have performance oriented goals, but then sometimes I'll work with somebody that's in a wheelchair or has had surgery um, or has lymph issues. So it's customizable through that, that whole spectrum. I work with this specialized equipment and teach therapeutic movement. I started that in 2005. So that's, that's been um, the, the bread and butter of my career and then added massage to that later because it was such an important um, adjunct, really. It, if if somebody can move, they can, their body can change. But if they're in a position where they can't move, I can move them through massage and get start getting a cellular change, cellular regeneration. Um, and that's going to, that's going to jumpstart their healing process in uh, a more active way than if they just had a, a totally passive, um, just kind of wait, watch and wait sort of, sort of way with it. So I did, I started that in the Alpharetta, uh, Georgia area in 2005, right, right around that same time that I met Susie. So, um, gosh, I worked and then I worked in Buckhead in Atlanta and then I've been working in Charleston since, gosh, I think about 2011. So it's been neat and I've gotten to go all over the world. A lot of my training is out of Germany. Uh, they use movement more in the hospital setting there than we do here. Of course, we have occupational therapists and and physical therapy, but it's it's a more normal. It's it's not considered something that you would um, only do just like okay, you've got a broken bit. Let me work on just that broken bit 
they do it more holistically in the hospital in Germany. So a lot of my training has been there so that I do have that holistic approach towards movement and towards wellness. Um, golly, I mean, I don't even remember what the question was, Jim, because I love what I do. And so I really, <laughs> I really can, can roll on with it. But um, yeah, cellular, cellular regeneration is really stimulated through movement. And so that's an important part of a lot of people's um, cancer recovery and health journey is to have that stimulation through movement, even getting out and having a beautiful walk. I mean, we were just, we were created to be outside. And you look at how active kids are, ideally we would all still be that active. And uh, that would have a, a great preventative effect for all of us if we were just just playing, just playing like we did when we were kids. Yeah, I find that very interesting. And, you know, before I had my cancer, I would have already zoned out because I'm like, oh, yeah, whatever. But I'm like, I'm coming across this stuff, how important movement is. And there's a, I'm going to get her on this podcast if it kills me. Um, there's a ESPN announcer who was paralyzed for like 10 years. I mean, she couldn't walk. She was destined to, you know, not move. Uh, it was a rare disease, but now she, what, like her signature is doing a high kick. <laughs> oh, wow. And she, she just so determined through movement. Uh, and retrain her body, and now she she still doesn't have feeling in her feet. I understand sometimes she's just not sure if her got her shoes on or not, so she has to look down. But I mean, she is extremely active, and you would never know mm. that or even guess that she would be uh, paralyzed at one time. But she is like a little Spitfire, and I want to I want to get her on here because she's an inspiration to me. Because you know, I'm like one of the side effects of the immunotherapy was with joints and my knees and my hips. I mean, I feel sometimes like I'm 90. Uh, and then some days I'm fine. But they say, you know, it, it just, it's still active in me. Um, mm. It builds up your immune system to attack the cancer. Uh, okay. But then it, then it gets, uh, I guess it gets bored. It's looking for something else to do. <laughs> so an oncologist told me, he goes, well, that shows it's still working in you. So, well, yeah, but I don't, you know, I don't want to feel like I'm 90, you know, my, right. my joints get stiff and hard and I'm like, I'm going to get inspired by her and, and just have a talk with her. So that's, that's my goal. I'm just throwing That'd it out there. Yeah. <laughs> hey, everybody, if you know who this is, somebody call her and tell her to get in touch with Jim. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, okay. Let's go back to, uh, with, with Susie. First of all, you uh, your first two that I mean, you met her at a funeral home, and then you stepped up to Walmart. <laughs> so hopefully, <A> start. <laughs> yeah, hopefully your meeting places got better after that. But you <laughs> obviously uh, built a good relationship there. Were you aware when she started Healing Strong? I was. Yes. Um, you know, we stayed in. We've always stayed in touch since since we met, and we would get on the phone or, or get together and she would say, Hey, this is what God's doing right now. This is the direction I'm going before she was with healing strong before she started healing strong. She did grant writing. And, um, so it, and she's been in public health as well. So it was a very natural to me when she said, Hey, this is what I think we're going to do. This is the direction we're going. It made sense to me. It really dovetailed all of the experiences that God had entrusted her with and the passions that I had seen in her and other moments they all came together in Healing Strong to me in a way that it just, it was like, yeah, of course you're doing this. Sure you are. And, and Jeff, as, as anybody who's met him knows is just 
such a tremendous cheerleader of Susie's. He might pause for a second and try to try to think through the logistics, but <laughs> I mean, he's got a big smile on his face and he's he's cheering her on. And it's really something that they, they had come through her cancer story together with such unity and with such support for one another. This was just an extension of that for their family. And it, and it made sense to me when they when they told us that they were getting going in this direction. It was very exciting. I'd had no idea it would end up being worldwide like it is now, which is yeah. thrilling. But um, that's a real testament to the way that Susie has shepherded the vision that she had in the beginning and the passion that she had from second one, that people needed uh, the education and the support. And the emphasis from the beginning was also on community, that people needed community, places to be safe and be vulnerable when they were kind of at their, maybe their darkest moment or their hardest moment, that there needed to be a place of hope and um, and security for those, for those moments. And so um, it made sense to me. Susie's really gifted relationally. And so to me, Healing Strong is such an outpouring and out, outgrowth of the way that she does relationships anyway. And that was what was interesting uh, in working with her. She and the board and, and I, when I came in uh, to as a consultant with Healing Strong, we wanted to protect that relational quality because that's really what, what one of the things that matters most about Healing Strong is that people feel individually held and individually regarded and um, individually resourced towards their particular situation and, and why they're there for Healing Strong. And so I think because I already had a relationship with Susie that was so warm and wonderful, it was easy to kind of think, okay, how do you how do you expand that? How do you make that bigger and keep some of those qualities in Healing Strong that were a relationship based from the beginning? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. I mean, there are several organizations, thank God, that have lots of information uh, about, you know, what to do with the diagnosis. And they're like, they have a lot of interviews, videos of their interviews on their websites and, and uh, you know, different protocols, which is great. I mean, you can't have enough of that. But what makes Healing Strong different is, you know, their focus on the support groups. I haven't really come across another organization that's kind of based around that. And like you said, it kind of shows the heart of Susie. You know, that's what she's about is coming alongside and helping others, not just with information, but just being their support. Like in the group I've got, they talk about, you know, the best part about it is just hearing each other's stories, how that helps them. It kind of encourages them in their own journey. Um, and that, you know, that's true. People love to hear stories. Everything is about stories. I mean, every industry that you can be in, if people are realizing or these industries are realizing it's all about a story, especially in radio. I mean, it's obvious it's about stories and radio because that's what people want to hear on the air. But because uh, when we get a phone call, someone talking about something that happened to them that day, that's, you know, that's when it spikes as far as our listenership. You know, like, wow, people are just responding to someone telling a story that, didn't seem like a big deal, but they just love hearing it. And uh, that's what makes Healing Strong different, I think, from the rest. And of course, it's been 10 years now. Can't believe it. Oh, amazing. So were you at the first Healing Strong conference? I was not. I didn't, uh, I didn't hear about Healing Strong until a little while after my diagnosis. So I went to the 2018 conference there in Atlanta. And I, like I had said couple times I didn't even realize it was faith-based I just thought well you know it's just holistic 
things and I thought that'd be a mixture of, you know, tree huggers and, uh, <laughs> and doctors who are starting to get it, that it's not just with medicines, but then I was surprised. I was like, man, everyone's talking about God. Does everyone know this is faith-based? <laughs> and I was very excited about that. So yeah, that's, uh, that's the first time I was, so I'm, I'm still just a baby. I love that you, I mean, as, as much as faith is at the forefront of Healing Strong and um, the reasons that we do what we do, I love that you didn't know that in the beginning because it is intended that anyone could walk in and feel comfortable and yes. walk in and feel regarded. And so uh, that's, that's, that's neat that it, that wasn't your entry point. And I know that that is an important entry point for a lot of people, but it's, it's nice to hear that even without that faith-based piece being um, the lead, you know, thing for you, that, that you were able to, to know that there was something about Healing Strong that was going to be helpful or, or that made you curious. And, and, and even if it had been just tree huggers, you would have had, you know, a good bowl of granola <laughs> and a nice conversation with somebody. That's right? Right. Yes, definitely. Yeah. I was, that was exciting about I went away more excited than when I went. So I was like, wow, it's fantastic. So many nice. people were involved in this and so many great stories. Um, percentage wise, there's so many more great stories than those who have gone through the chemo and I'm not, and they did it without bashing, you know, right. all that. They just realized, Hey, the picture is bigger than what uh, lots of doctors will tell you because that's all the doctors know. That's what they're trained on. Of course, the, uh, the cancer world has not really progressed too far, even though lots of walks and lots of fundraisers and all that happen for the cancer community, but it doesn't seem to really go anywhere. But the knowledge of, of the way God created us and what he intended for our bodies, you know, that is coming to the forefront. So I think mm. that's amazing. Now, are you going to be a part of this celebration coming up in Houston? It's uh, this coming September 29th and 30th. I hope so. Um, I, Susie and I have talked about it. I was going to say, you know, after the first Healing Strong Conference, there was uh, there were people that wanted to be involved with Healing Strong. And at that point, there wasn't a formal way to become a group leader. It had been word of mouth and it had been, um, you know, oh, this person would make a good group leader. But there wasn't a way that, for instance, a stranger could really reach out to Healing Strong and say, hey, I want to do this. What is What does it mean to have a Healing Strong group? How do you resource a leader? What are the distinctives of Healing Strong that makes it a Healing Strong group, not just a cancer support group? Um, and so none of that was written or formalized. There was no volunteer application. I think there was like... Um, maybe a waiver or liability, something. And everything was at that time printed, was starting to be printed, the participant guides and those kinds of things. But there was no formal way to affiliate with Healing Strong and no definition of what it meant to be a group. There wasn't even, a, I'm not even sure there was a formalized mission statement at that mm -hmm. point uh, that was that was articulated. And so Susie and I were, we were just having kind of a, one of our normal conversations. And she was saying, hey, you know, people want to be involved and I don't even know how to let them be involved. And the board really felt strongly that it shouldn't be hard to lead a group, that, but that it should be easy to lead one well. And so uh, I ended up sending Susie a series of journal prompts and then she would write 
for like half an hour uh, exploring whatever it was that, that I said, and that was really keyed off that first conference. And then from there, she came and stayed in Charleston with me. She brought Drew, her younger son, and they stayed for about a week. And she and I wrote, we took those journal prompts and we also took um, Healing Strong's needs because there was no organizational structure. Even in the board at that moment, it wasn't super clear who had ownership over which task, what tasks were needed, and who were going to perform them, all of that hadn't even been fleshed out yet. So Susie and I, um, we also learned that we work at different hours. She's a night out. Does everybody out there know that? And I'm <laughs> I'm ready to go at like, you know, 637. I'm like, let's get started. It's, it's morning. The sun is up. Let's do this, you know. <laughs> so um, we had fun. She stayed in my home and and we wrote, we we wrote and we wrote and we wrote and we would refine it. And we knew that we needed to come away with mission statement, purpose, policies and procedures, volunteer application, and then also volunteer follow up. You know, what happens next when somebody expresses interest and, and what resources do they get? And so all of that um, became the structure then that we took to the board. The board read through everything over a series of, of days and then made suggestions and then we amended it from there and then put it through for board adoption and then it rolled out uh, I think I think it was late 2016 or early 2017 when those policies and procedures and that standardized uh, definition of what it meant to be a healing strong group and how to go about that brought uh, that structure so that really could grow from that point it was it was really it was really beautiful to watch the board identify what they needed and put together a team to come alongside them and expand the vision of what they felt that God had entrusted with them and it was it was a lot of fun to serve in that way uh, with that particular task yeah so because of you I'm able to lead a group <laughs> otherwise I'd be totally lost but yeah because I, you know, I looked for a group in the Greenville area thinking oh, there's got to be one here, but there wasn't. And so I thought, oh, now I feel bad. I got to start one. Now that I've looked, I got to do it. I felt obligated because, you know, I'm sitting here without cancer now and I just got to give back. So that's what I did. And there's all the information. You were doing all that while I was uh, recovering from my operation back in 2016, knowing oh, wow. that in a couple of years, I'll be starting a group. So thank you. That's, oh, that's <laughs> awesome. That's so neat to hear when God lines things up and, and just puts the pieces into place, which he had certainly done that in Susie's heart and in the board's heart for them to know that they needed to make it more accessible and, and have the potential of a, of a farther reach. I was at a... Yeah. A prayer, a day of healing prayer conference in here in Charleston recently, and so anybody could go up for prayer, and they were they were just praying over all kinds of people, and so this this woman was huddled in the middle of four or five people praying over her, and I was I was just walking through, I don't I was I don't know I was putting something in the trash or something, and one of the people in the prayer circle popped their head up and said, hey. Anybody in this area, we need, uh, this woman has a new diagnosis and she needs the support of some people whole, holistically healing through cancer. Does anybody know of a resource? Anybody, anybody? I was like, oh, that's me. That's me. I know the resource. And I got to go over and, and share with her that Healing Strong now has on, online groups, which was a great um, 
a good adaptation from the pandemic that now people can easily join a Healing Strong group online or the healing prayer that, uh, not not prayer, I'm sorry, the the Bible, the scripture mm-hmm. that's that's read every night. My my husband and I participated in that the first first go round, the first time they did it, first or second time. Um, yeah. Eighty days in the Word, I believe it's called. So yeah, around <clears throat> it was the just, Word in eighty days. There you go. There you go. Yeah. But it was cool just to in, immediately know a direction that this woman could go um, in the middle of as we talked about that overwhelm that can happen in a, in a new diagnosis. Yeah. Cause you're not thinking straight when you get the diagnosis. I mean, no matter what, it's a gut punch. Cause you're thinking, Oh man, the back door of my life is about to open and I'm going out. So, I mean, even though, you know, I'm ready for heaven and in some ways I was excited about that, but you know, I got four kids and, uh, only one, well, none of them were married at that time. And you, know, you still want to experience life with with your family, but uh, don't want to leave my wife stranded, especially when she's got an award-winning husband like me. I mean, <laughs> what an accomplishment that was for her. But, uh, but yeah, but still, the alternative is not too bad. But it, and, and again, that's one of the positive things is it makes you think serious about heaven. You know, you got all these concepts. You think, oh, I got it. I got it in mind how it's going to be. And then when it becomes a reality, at least you know it could become a reality real quick. It makes you rethink everything and realize, wow, I don't know everything. And the closer I get to it, the more I realize I don't know. And so I was kind of like a little kid with Christmas, not knowing what I'm getting into, but so excited about it's going to be way better than what you know I can conceive. Yet at the same time, I wasn't quite ready to go. And obviously... God wasn't ready for me to go because there apparently is some more stuff for me to do. Otherwise I'd be gone. Right. Right. That's incredible. Did it, did it change your perspective? You think Uh, having to look at death in that way? Totally. Totally. Now, you know, it's not a scary thing anymore. And I'm 65, which, you know, if I go the way of my parents, they were, my dad was 96 when he went, my mom was 90, almost 92. And so, you know, I, I got another 30 some years right? <laughs> to go. So there's a lot to do if that's, if that's the case. I don't, I don't know if our world will last that long <laughs> the way it's going, but still, yeah, it totally changes perspective. Even with my kids, I started late in life. So I still have a kid at home. I'm 65 and I have a 15 year old. How about that? Hey, I'm, I'm 47. I have a 12 year old, a 25, nope, 24 year old and a 22 year old. Well, there you go. So I started a little, little earlier. Yeah, yeah. My wife was forty-one with our last, so she's because she's nine years younger than me. But still, I mean, uh, it makes you a better parent. Is that's what I always say? It makes you a better, better parent <laughs> when you when you start a little later because you have a little bit more wisdom. But it also makes you more tired of a parent. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm I'm more serious, like especially with my youngest one because he's still here, and I realize, man, I need to pour into him as much as possible. And in fact, we walked around, uh, we live right next to a, a beautiful hospital, uh, and it's got a, a mile long track around it. We just walked around there last night, just talking about serious things that I thought, man, I'm glad I'm still here to talk to him about mm, that. That's and, awesome. Uh, I'm more, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Intentional with there the way I converse with my kids and act with them, making sure they all know I love them. 
dearly and I'll stay out of the way, but do whatever they need me to do. Would you say that it just kind of come into that point in your parenting was maybe more how, how we should approach parents, the intentionality. Would you say that that's something we could all engage in just regardless, a lot of intentionality about our kids knowing that they love, that we love them and that we're for them and that, um, being the priority of spending time with them. I find it's different with my youngest. I, I feel very intentional with him because I, and I think it's because I know he's not going to be here, uh, in my home forever. And that was such a big change for me when my older two moved away. Yeah, it is. Yeah. The, the, the youngest one gets, gets the result of that realizing how (laughs) fleeting those years are and how you're wishing they were back sometimes. And sometimes you're relieved, but you know, I look at my, my two daughters are in college and I remember them. I come keep coming across pictures when, you know, they wanted me to hold them and they're just so cute. And now they don't want me to hold them anymore. I don't understand. Just <laughs> Especially not in little, public, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, still have a good relationship with all of them. But yeah, it's like you just realize how fast time is fleeting. And then when you get a, a cancer diagnosis and they say, eh, you probably only have a month or two. Then you realize, man, I got to do all the stuff that I'm thinking I have all the time in the world to do. So, yeah, it definitely changes that outlook. And But that's how we all should see it anyway. Not necessarily be desperate to get it all in, but realize, hey, you know, I don't know if I'll be here tomorrow mm-hmm. or, or the rest of this day. So, I mean, there's I know lots of healthy people that just didn't wake up the next day. Right. So Life you is just definitely a gift. Know. Yeah. Yeah. So to answer that question, you're interviewing me, weren't you? Hey, you know, people want to know about you too, Jim. (laughs) Yes. So is this an ongoing thing or just you and Susie just talk about different things? And and of course, with your experience of working with other nonprofits, I think you were telling me. Uh, The Healing Strong Board uh, contracted me just on that one, well, really two projects. So the formalization of policies and procedures, mission statement, volunteer application, all of that writing. And then I served as one of the editors on the participant guide that was coming out. I, th- I think that was 2017 as well. It's been re-edited and re-released this year, and they did a beautiful job of updating and um, just giving, you know, we're, what we're learning is changing. And of course, as Healing Strong grows, they know more specifically how to be of impact and of service to people. So the new changes and the uh, participant guide reflect all of that, but I was the editor, one of the editors. I think that I think somebody else was supposed to edit and then had a baby. I'm not sure, but anyway, I ended up coming in at the tail end of that project and and finishing up the edits there as well. But but that was my um that was my formal experience with Healing Strong. I lead retreats for women, and so Healing Strong will sometimes recommend um, women that are involved with Healing Strong to come on retreats. And so Susie and I will collaborate back and forth to make that happen for people. But I don't have a formal role in Healing Strong at this point. Do you have a website if people want to get a hold of you or, or how would they I do, do that? I do, yep. It's hollyknowles.com and it's, here we go. It's Holly, H-O-L-L-E, Knowles, K-N-O-W-L-E-S.com. I mean, my name is not phonetic. Well, yes, it is phonetic, but it's not a conventional spelling in any way. 
um, my my first name was the last name of my grandmother's family, so it has a distinctive spelling. But yes, hollyknowles.com, and um, people can learn more about uh, what I do and how how it might benefit or impact them. Uh, but yeah, that'd be great. Thanks, Jim. Sure. Yeah. I, thanks to my uh, journey through my cancer and then having my eyes open to so many things that I never knew about. Um, I appreciate people like you <laughs> that are are smarter than me uh, in, in those areas, especially. So, you know, thanks for what you do. Well, not necessarily smarter, but definitely, you know, it's just we know we need it when we need it. Right. I mean, we just once once you realize that how much your life can change and your health can change with the support of, of movement or massage or better nutrition or, or whatever is the most urgent thing in a particular situation. You know, we just can't live without it once we know, once we know better and we've felt better. That's right. All right. Well, thanks for sharing your, your knowledge. And yeah, you are smarter than me in that area, but we all have our giftings and that's what God wants us to do is share our strengths with others and, uh, it makes us all better. So thank yes, you. Yes, and makes Healing Strong amazing because they do that so well. Thank you, Jim. Thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope it brings you encouragement on wherever you are on your journey. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please consider giving us a five-star rating. Also, if you haven't already, go to our website at healingstrong.org and check out the info on our 10-year celebration coming up September 29th and 30th at the Met Church in Houston. You don't want to miss that. And consider joining our membership program. Healing Strong is a nonprofit organization that depends on donations from friends like you that want to help us spread hope. And finally, if you're not in a group, you can find one near you, join a virtual one, or learn how to start one of your own, like I did. All that information can be found at healingstrong.org. <laughs>